listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world, welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. Fall is in full swing and the temperature is getting a little colder inside and outside. But we have just the way to warm you up like a home-cooked meal that Ma used to make. We're actually talking about food on today's podcast, so the analogy fits perfectly. And I know we tend to talk about food a fair amount, thanks to our wonderful LAE sponsors. But today is different, where we talk to someone who knows far more about food than I do. Word to the wise, you should probably eat something before listening to this podcast. All the food talk will make your mouth water. Mine is already starting and we haven't even kicked off. We'll get to the guest in a second, but before we dive in, it's everyone's favorite. The reason we can stay in business and make the podcast episodes you want to listen to. So now, a word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Watkins-branded Cinnamon Spice, the least known member of the British pop group, The Spice Girls. You might be saying to yourself, Lucas, you are back on the Foon bandwagon and bringing on another related sponsor. You would be correct, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. Today we are talking cinnamon, and not just any cinnamon, and certainly not the giant sticks of cinnamon that have no use for me anyways. Cinnamon is one of the most versatile spices in my spice rack. It's like the utility player in baseball that can play the field, DH every once in a while, and even step in as pitcher during a 17-inning game. Cinnamon, to me, can be used in a variety of ways. It is most known for its pivotal role it plays in the creation of French toast. It can also play a big role in pancakes or waffles. I like to step it up a notch and use it in the muffins and cinnamon buns I bake and even for garnish. And for me, there is only one choice when it comes to cinnamon, and that is the Watkins brand cinnamon. Created by J.R. Watkins, Watkins Cinnamon has been the exclusive cinnamon provider in my family for three decades. Its patented metallic container locks in the freshness after each usage. Plus, it stands out amongst your other spices, so you won't mistake it for something like coriander. You all know what I'm talking about, am I right? And really, who uses coriander anyways? But back to cinnamon. You can find the Watkins branded cinnamon spice at your fine local retailer. No Lucas Askew Experience discount, but if you are not satisfied with your purchase, I will personally make you a set of cinnamon buns with this spice. That will certainly have you singing a different tune. Watkins branded cinnamon spice. Sure to make everything jolly and nice. Welcome back to the Luke Sasky Experience. I'm pleased to be joined today in studio with the woman behind one of the fastest growing food blogs out there. She provides simple recipes and proves that eating healthy doesn't have to be difficult. I just tasted her rosemary almond-crusted chicken thighs with roasted butternut squash on a bed of leafy greens drizzled in tahini. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know your food senses are, are tickling right now just by thinking about that. Laura Thorson, welcome uh, welcome to the podcast. 
Thanks, Lucas. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I, I completely mangled the the opener because I was just enthralled <laughs> by what we just had for dinner. The the almond crusted with the butternut squash. Where where are you getting the the inspiration for these types of dishes? To be honest with you, um, it's whatever I kind of feel like. I like to go. I like to be really creative in the kitchen, so I kind of just am like, that goes together, and I think that goes together, and we'll throw that on top and drizzle it with something, and usually it tastes pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I should I should back up and let the let the listeners know who you are before we, we dive right into your great creations. <laughs> so tell, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, your your story, and, and why, why you're here today. Other than, I was like, I, I really want a, a great meal, and I want to... <laughs> record a podcast so boom you, you came to mind. you did say you were gonna pay for the food that we ate so yes and uh you, the, so the, the checks in the mail <laughs> oh so, okay sure from my, my sponsor who you just right. heard watkins uh branded cinnamon yep um we used that on the butternut squash so. exactly mm-hmm. and it was it was delightful you could really taste the cinnamon the impact you cinnamon could. had on it yeah yeah i, I could taste that um Yes, well, um, I am Laura Thorson. I have been living in San Francisco for four years. So I guess I've known you for probably three years now. Okay. Um, And I used to work at Facebook as of a week ago. And um, I now am working for Young Life, which is a faith-based nonprofit that uh, helps out high school students in San Francisco. That's a little bit about me. So what, um, and, and on the side, you have this, this yes. blog, Well Nourished by Laura. Mm-hmm. Tell me, and tell the listeners, the LA faithful, what was the inspiration behind starting the blog? So I actually had a food blog um, back in 2014, and I created it because I had just moved to San Francisco, and I wanted to kind of get out of my um, comfort zone because... I love writing. I was an English major at UCLA, and I thought, okay, well, what could I write about besides just writing in my journal? Well, I'm in a new city, and I'm doing something that I've never done before, because I I moved to San Francisco to become a software engineer, and I took a coding boot camp course, so I was really only planning to stay in San Francisco for about three months. But then I got a job here and was like, oh, well, I guess I'm staying a little bit more permanently. And San Francisco is known to be just a food, foodie hub and people love it here. So I thought I would go to different restaurants that I had tried and take photos of their food and write kind of um, almost a food critic a review of mm-hmm. the foods and then it was great because when people would come to visit me in San Francisco I could just direct them to a, a play, page on my blog and just say well here are my favorite restaurants ones I've written about this mm-hmm. is my favorite foods there I really loved that and then I started getting more into recipes and writing that people just uh, loved that and they had been telling me oh you know like I, I tried your recipe this weekend and it was the best thing or I really needed this because I had a cold and then I made your soup and it was delicious. The only reason why I stopped was because I just didn't have any time. So this new blog is a little bit similar. However, I, since moving to San Francisco, I don't know if it's the city or what it is, but this, 
the city has made me more healthy. Maybe it's because we walk everywhere or just because the foods that you can try here and, and the ways that um, our farmers markets are and mm-hmm. even our grocery stores, a lot of, you can get a lot of really healthy food here. And so I started, as I got into my own wellness and fitness and health journey, I and I started caring more about that, I became really passionate about nutrition. And so this blog is for people who want nutrition advice and who want to know how they can make healthier choices. And I really want to emphasize that it's a research-based blog. I really love actually going to the research and researching PubMed or um, following uh, registered dietitians and nutritionists and really diving deep in, in understanding how the body works and how food relates to the body and writing about that in plain English for people who don't have the time to do that kind of research or who want to know how to make changes and how to do that in a practical way. Wow. So you're, you're doing the research and kind of figuring out how what you consume is interacting with your body. Mm-hmm. Describe to me your typical stroll into a farmer's market or any grocery store. Like, do you have just all the information just packed in your brain here? Okay, this is, I know I want to look for this type of vegetable because it will promote strong bones. Even though I, I don't even know if any, any of them do, uh, that would be calcium. They do all. They do. Um, yeah. Okay. Actually, cauliflower. One cauliflower floret has more calcium than um, than an orange. Wow. Yeah. So you don't actually have to eat a lot of oranges and um, drink a lot of milk and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, we can talk about that another time. When I go into farmers markets or uh, grocery stores, I generally. I like to stay on the periphery um, because usually that's where the produce is and where fresh, uh, ideally, fresh meat can be. You'll find your eggs there. You'll find, um, I I drink non-dairy milk, um, like almond milk or coconut milk. Um, So you can find a lot of, uh, most of the healthier stuff in most grocery stores are on the periphery of the store really going for a lot of greens and a lot of color. I love going for color and variety in my meals because the different colors generally mean that you're getting different nutrients. So if you have a bed of greens and you put on uh, orange sweet potatoes and then you maybe cut up some red cabbage, which actually is a purple color, um, now you're getting three different colors plus if you threw in bell peppers, you know, now you could get three more colors, really, green, yellow, and red. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just love having variety and trying to keep it interesting because that means that my body gets more nutrients. It means that I have more energy and I'm running, I, I literally see it as where cars kind of that are running more efficiently. Depends what kind of fuel you're putting in and if you're putting in good colorful fuel, um, you're generally going to feel a lot better than if you're putting in not so great a feel. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned just your willingness to try different things and mix and match to create that colorful plate. How often are you trying new recipes? Because I think I'm definitely not a, a food connoisseur. I have a staple of like two or three dishes that I, I, I know that I can make and I know that I like. I don't want to branch out too much because that's out of my comfort zone and I'm not quite sure if I will like it. Mm-hmm. So how often do you try new recipes and what 
recommendations for people like myself would you have to, to branch out of your, your set ways? For people who generally don't like cooking, which there are a few people in my in my family um, who don't who who don't love branching out all the time, um, I I just love when we put in like different building blocks because then it's like oh well we are kind of branching out and yet doing something similar so we could still cook chicken but we can cook chicken slightly differently to bring out a different flavor so for example my favorite is Nom Nom Paleo's. Uh, crispy or crackling chicken thighs and I think they're on her blog um, but those are that's my favorite way to make quick chicken and it's super easy and then you just put that on some kind of greens and when you go to the store you can buy any kind of greens you could buy kale you could buy arugula spinach a mixed green bag a power green bag there's so many options I generally like to have a mixture of raw vegetables and cooked vegetables. Sometimes for dinner, I usually mostly just go cooked vegetables, but that cooked vegetables can look like so many different things. It can look like roasting, it can be sauteing. Um, I, I don't think I've ever steamed a vegetable like ever in my life, um, just because I, I think that's probably not the most flavorful way to enjoy did, did you, when, veggies. Growing up, did you... Did you ever eat steamed vegetables? Because no, I think actually, no. Growing up, that's all that we would... Well, my mother is actually a listener, so she. I might get an email <laughs> telling me I shouldn't Sorry, disclose Mom. this, but we had a lot of steamed vegetables, and I think that has pushed me off from wanting to, to go that route. And to your point, there are other ways to, to bring flavor to the vegetable. It's tough because steamed ve or steamed vegetables are not bad. For example, cauliflower. If I'm trying to make a cauliflower puree or something like that, yeah, you need to steam the cauliflower, but then I'm changing the texture. So it's not just a soft cauliflower with salt and pepper. Um, I think that brings another point. Adding herbs and adding spices really changes the game. So for me, some of my favorites are using garlic powder or paprika or cumin. Um, and you don't have to know how to pair all of the flavors together, but just having a few uh, stronger spices can really change the flavor of vegetables. I realize it doesn't sound maybe as easy as just opening up the can and throwing that into a pot, but I think the biggest thing is like fresh really makes a difference. Food that can perish is actually really what we should be going for because food does have a shelf life mm -hmm. and it's not supposed to be two, three years. Really when you go with the seasons and you go with what's fresh, even what's going, going with what's on sale. Um, and ideally choosing organic to avoid all those pesticides and toxins that end up in the soils and in the seeds and harvesting. Um, you, I, I really believe you will make, you will feel a difference, but I actually think it can be preventable for disease. To that point, I'm in marketing and a lot of things we like to spin you on what we're selling you and kind of hide the, the bad things that might be in a product. Mm -hmm is the onus on the the customer to be more aware of what they're eating mm -hmm. and read the labels or is there a way that the manufacturer can make it uh, easier for them to actually understand what's in their product i think it could be both but the trouble is is the manufacturer doesn't necessarily want you to know what's in the product um so for example craft mac and cheese 
the United Kingdom does not allow the American version of Kraft Mac and Cheese to be sold in the UK. Wow. Yeah. And the reason why is because we put in, you know, yellow 56 and other random weird chemicals to make that yellow color of Kraft Mac and Cheese. But in the UK, those chemicals are banned. And so what do they use for Kraft Mac and Cheese? They use turmeric, which is actually a very healing spice to use yeah. and so it's I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of it in your macaroni and cheese though no me yeah. neither and I don't but turmeric is such a, a powerful color that it I could see how it could be present in the mac and cheese without the flavor being as prominent but that's why like United Kingdom mac and cheese actually tastes significantly different from American mac and cheese Yes, it'd be great if manufacturers were more honest, but they don't want to be honest because it's cheaper to create Kraft mac and cheese with, um, with you know, yellow dye 56 than it is to create it with turmeric because turmeric is a spice that you actually have to pay for and mm -hmm. versus yellow whatever, and that's a chemical that you could just make. Um, so I, I think that there's that, but I do think it is the responsibility of a, of a consumer to know what they're eating. The easiest way I suppose that I can talk to people about is um, making sure that you understand what the ingredients are. So take a look at something in your pantry. Just pull out your, your crackers or pull out your cereal. Actually, cereal is a big offender. I have the cereal, so we're actually gonna look at it <laughs> Live on this podcast, <laughs> we've got some Sunrise Cla Crunchy Vanilla. <laughs> this is a nature's path organic option. So I'm, that is, a, I actually noticed I'm, that granola I'm, I'm, I'm cereal. I'm feeling good about this. So <laughs> if I'm looking at the ingredients, um, do you want me to just read off the some of the the ones here? And you sure, can, sure. And you, you can, can tell, read them tell all. me your thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, whole grain cornmeal, cane sugar brown rice flour, cornmeal, so regular cornmeal, making sure we get all the cornmeal possible, mm -hmm. uh, yellow corn flour, a lot, lo lot of corn lot in of here, corn in a lot there. of corn in here, <laughs> quinoa, okay. flax seeds, Great. buckwheat flour, sea salt, molasses, natural vanilla flavor, and some vitamin E. Okay. All right. So I would say that like that's not the worst cereal that I've seen. But I I don't know if you noticed this, but the second ingredient, can you read what the second ingredient was? Cane sugar. Oh, there it is. How many grams of sugar is in this? Let's see. Actually only six for two thirds of a cup. Have you ever had two thirds of a cup of cereal before? I think I've had at least double that in our regular <laughs> bowl. Yeah, and then you go get a second bowl? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I'd, I'd be looking at maybe twelve. I would, I would estimate grams of sugar. I actually would. So we always underestimate as humans how much we're actually consuming of things. So I would go so far as to say you're, you may be having as much as twenty-four grams of sugar to start your your day, and that's just your breakfast. So you know, and say you put in some milk right into your. Do you prefer to have milk in your cereal? Yes. What kind of milk do you have in Almond your cereal? Milk. Okay, so that's yeah. good. Is it sweetened? Unsweetened. Unsweetened. Yeah. Good for you, Lucas. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> then it goes all downhill. But 
<laughs> no, that that that's interesting because when I'm when I'm selecting cereal, this is actually one of the healthier options that I see. It is. Like, okay, this is this is great. I'm, it's something uh, quick and easy that I can use. But peeling back the onion a little bit more, you realize it still has a ton of sugar in that, and yeah, worry about consumption especially at the start of your day well and you even said yourself you're like there's a lot of corn in here and it's true there's a lot of corn in there and corn is one of the most genetically modified uh crops in america so america makes three three um we call them monocultures they make wheat corn and soybeans and all three of those are the most genetically modified foods in America. So they're actually more like Franken foods than they are real foods. So corn is not, you know, I love popcorn. I love corn chips, like tortilla chips. Those are, I mean, it's like addicting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't, it does, that's not really a big surprise because, um, because corn literally is genetically modified to to make you want it more. Same thing with sugar, actually. Sugar has the same, or will light up the same neurotransmitters in your brain um, as heroin or cocaine. So that same rewarding factor, which is why after we've had a hard day, we're just like, you know what, I'm just gonna have some ice cream right now, or I really need some chocolate, or you know what, forget it, I'm just gonna eat this cake at the co-worker's birthday bash in the micro kitchen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally rewards us, and then, but then it also makes us crave it more. So when you're having your breakfast, which, you, like you said, this is a really, like, all things considered, we're not eating frosted flakes for, din- for breakfast, so that's a huge step up. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is to check the ingredients and make sure that they're ingredients you recognize. For example, my favorite healthy bars, like people love on-the-go bars. Um, our, my favorite are RX bars or even the Epic bars that you can find at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods um, or Sprouts or any of those those markets. But I love them because if you literally look on the back of the package, it's cashews, egg whites, dates, you know, pump, almonds. Uh, today I had a pumpkin spice one, so it had a little pumpkin flavor and cinnamon and cloves. And it was delicious. Wow. Yeah. Or the Epic Bars I love too because they're just a good hunk of protein. Um, and they're just like usually – so I sometimes get the chicken sriracha one. And I like that because it doesn't have any sugar in it. It's just – I think the biggest thing is we got to think about how much sugar we're consuming. And we also got to think about um, what it is that we're consuming. If you can identify all the things that you're eating, generally I think that you're, you're doing pretty well. There's no need to count calories. Mm -hmm. There's no need to worry about like how many carbohydrates am I having? Like if you're having 50 carbohydrates and you in one meal and it's all sweet potato or butternut squash, like the way your body will process that is a lot different than if you had 50 grams of tortilla chips or 50 grams of pizza or which usually most people have quite a few (laughs) more grams of carbohydrate and pizza. But, I mean, I love pizza, too, so, yes. you know, balance. <laughs> so, you, um, it's a great segue into my my next question was, I do have a sweet tooth, as evident by the sugar-filled uh, <laughs> cereal I'll be consuming tomorrow morning. But, say, I obviously have the cravings. What, what do you recommend to satisfy that craving as a, a healthier alternative? 
Well, so I think something to keep in mind with sugar consumption is that you're going to need more every time. It's like a hit, right? You're going to need more and more and more to satisfy the craving. For example, I was just talking to someone who told me that they felt that the Haagen-Dazs company had changed their ice cream recipe because it didn't taste as sweet to him anymore. And he had considered adding more sugar to like on top of his ice cream because it didn't taste sweet enough. That indicates that not only have you been inundating your body with sugar from the ice cream, which I guarantee like probably hasn't really changed, but also your taste buds are starting to change. So now you crave things that need to be sweeter, which means you usually will add, either eat more ice cream, eat another bowl of cereal. So I think the biggest thing to start with if you have a sweet tooth is not to totally deny it, but to recognize that maybe you your taste buds might be craving more sugar than is actually what you should have. You know, just trying to find like f- foods that will help stabilize your your insulin because your insulin has been spiking a lot from all that sugar. So, for example, if you were going to try tomorrow, tomorrow for the next seven days was going to be your like little sugar detox. Maybe instead of your cereal, you could make two or three eggs and... Well, I'll tell you, my I will not be eating this cereal <laughs> after uh, listening to this podcast. Um, uh, but you can, make some, you can make some eggs. You could have two, three slices of bacon. Um, you could put some greens in a pan if you really want to get fancy and get your greens in early in the morning. Um, when you make lunch, you can try to, I mean, having, you know, you can put together your lunch, but maybe not have, try not to add any sweet dressings. If you do a salad, maybe stick to olive oil and apple cider vinegar, lemon juice or something like that. Um, and then again, same with dinner, trying to just make, be conscientious of what you're cooking, um, and making sure not to add sugar. And then I feel like by the end of those seven days, or not even feel, I know by the end of those seven days, your taste buds have begun to change. Things that were really, really sweet might, um, or sorry, that weren't sweet enough might start to taste a little bit sweeter to you. And then my personal favorite desserts are, um, I, I love, I think I have a zucchini bread, a chocolate chip zucchini bread recipe on my blog. Um, oh no, it's a brownie recipe. And it is so good. It's a zucchini almond butter brownie recipe. Literally has only good things in it. Um, my husband is obsessed, and every time that I make them, he just is like eating one for breakfast and he eats one for dinner. It's or the, two the or zucchini. Three. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's actually great because I use monk fruit sweetener. Uh, monk fruit is kind of like stevia, but it um, it has zero grams of sugar mm. and it is sweet. Not quite as sweet as real sugar, and not quite as sweet as stevia stevia has a tendency to taste a little bit not real um, because it's like too sweet and feels a little funny but um, I use monk fruit sweetener in my brownies um, and you can find that again Whole Foods Google uh, you can Google it and find it on Thrive Market Amazon whatever Um, but it's great and uh, it will not affect your blood sugar and your insulin the same way that regular sugar does so that's how I still get a sweet tooth or, or I satisfy my craving. Um, I also love making coconut fat balls, um, which Ooh. is, yeah, those are super good. Um, and 
I can find a recipe and share that with you. But those are delicious. Like that has a natural sweetener. It has dates in it. I try not to put too many dates because again, that's still sugar and it can be a little too overboard. But that one's one of my favorites too because it's got a, a bunch of nuts in it and seeds, coconut, coconut oil, and then these these dates and some almond butter and it's literally and then I roll them up into little balls after blitzing it in a blender and put them as little balls in my freezer and then we pull them out when we're gonna watch an episode of Narcos and literally for like a week there I had made the brownies and the coconut fat balls and we would just have like brownies and then we'd like let the like coconut fat balls defrost a little bit Ooh. and we just sit and watch narcos and eat those and drink some tea and it was so good so basically i i now have new options if i if i want a sweet treat before before bed we'll, we'll get some of these recipes make sure that i have them <laughs> uh quick side note narcos so i we julie and i just started watching and we're on season two now. Oh man. And I'm still shocked. We won't go into full details, but <laughs> still shocked at the story of Pablo Escobar. Yes. Amazing. Yes. How is Netflix continuing to turn out seasons? Because you know the end story. How how are they doing that? I mean are, like are you on the current season right we now? We are on the okay. current season. Yes. My husband has such uh self discipline and self control when it comes to these things. Um like Netflix binging is not something that he does. Okay. <laughs> Whereas I could let the thing roll for hours. Um he is so good about being like, Okay, one and done <laughs> and so um we've been able to stretch out the season for probably two months now, because um, I think it was released in September, um, almost coming up on really three months. So, but, uh, well, I'll like, I won't ruin it for you, but, or for your listeners, but um, Pablo Escobar isn't the only game in town. Ooh. So. That's, that, that's a cliffhanger <laughs> right there. You'll have to tune in for more. Tune in. Uh, it's a great show. It's a little cray, but, and it's a little inappropriate. Yeah. And a little violent. Yes. But it's... In, in it's moderation. historical. Yes. That is true. I, I've learned more about the country of Colombia than I It has made me ever known. really want to learn Spanish. So... Haven't you... I feel at least my elementary skills are being tested by having to read subtitles and listen to what they're, they're saying. This is true. Yeah. But I unfortunately took French in high school. Me too. So, yeah. my elementary Spanish is well. I, pretty I, I say all I'm probably pre-K if, if I'm being honest. I um, definitely know a lot of bad words in Spanish at this point. Yes, yeah. I, I think that was. I'm like, oh, I know that word. <laughs> watching Narcos, you can definitely get what the bad words are. Mm-hmm. But that's an aside. Let's get, let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the show. I, I wanted to get to your story of the this blog and this passion that you have. Right now, it's a a side project, a, a passion project for you. How do you how do you j- juggle that with your your current job? Job formerly Facebook, now with Young Life. I know before you had the blog, you didn't have enough time. How do you how do you make the time for uh, well nourished? Well, I think uh, my hopes and dreams for this is. Um, is honestly to kind of move into more of a health nutrition coaching 
uh, aspect of it. I've already, I felt like I, or I feel like I've had some experience with that because there was a time where, um, and actually it still continues on where people will ask me like what they, what I recommend, you know, they'll send me pictures of protein powders from the store and they're just like, which one should I buy? And, um, they'll ask like, you know, this is how I normally make my lunch. Like, what would you recommend I do to change, um, change it so it's a little bit healthier. This is my snack or whatever. And I, I really love doing that. And I've actually helped a few people who've asked me like, Hey, I need like some tips to get back on track. I want to get my fitness back on track. I want to get my nutrition back on track. Like what, where do I even get started? Um, I had one friend who was actually suffering from like serious adrenal fatigue like she just could not stay awake she was really like struggling um she loves to run but she couldn't she couldn't run more than a mile without feeling like she was gonna fall over so and we examined her diet together and identified a lot of issues of like oh you're like not not only not getting enough calories but you're not eating the right things um and so trying to change that and then we went to the store literally went to Trader Joe's together and shopped together and identified things that she could um you know those building blocks that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast that she could actually um really use to to have success and to feel better and I just love that. I love like helping people feel better and helping people know what is good from bad and, and being able to identify like, okay, there's all of this information in the world. There's all these diets. There's all these things like what can I, what is true for me and like what is intuitive for me and my body. And I love helping people identify not only what works for them, but what works for them in their environment. Because for some people, you know, they can't make that much food like they don't have time to do that or they don't know what they need to get or you know like it's just I love being able to figure out how we can fit healthy nutritious eating into people's lifestyles um, because I I really do believe it should be a lifestyle Um, so my hope is to take it to continue to add um, nutritional blog posts and and help people find the information that they're looking for. I'd love to do coaching and, and actually have clients that I could work with um, to help them on their um, nutritional journey. And then um, right now when I'm busy, like I'm busy with ending a job and starting a new mm-hmm. one. So um, the blog writing has, uh, has kind of taken a little hiatus. But um, my favorite thing is Instagram right now um, because I love photos. I I love, I really think that food tastes better when it looks nice. Um, And even if I'm not taking a picture of what I'm going to eat or what I prepared, I still love being able to uh, arrange it in a way that's aesthetically appealing because I think we enjoy it better. We we take our time when we like what we're seeing. You're using more of the senses. Yeah, exactly. And so... um, I I think that's like where I'm I'm going the most. And I just love it cuz it's interactive like with Instagram stories, you know. I mean, before this podcast, I'm filming, you know, how I made our dinner tonight and I love that because people can interact with it. People tell me like, "That looks so good. I want to try that." Or like, "Can you send me the recipe for that?" Or "I made this." And getting people's uh, photos and Snapchats and things telling me like, "I made this and it was so good." Or and I'm, it's like in my 
my repertoire of food, um, it just makes me really, uh, really honored that people would want to try what I make. And, um, and I love that. So I'm going to keep doing it. I'd love for it to be more of a, uh, less of a side hustle, more of a real Mm -hmm. full-time thing. Um, but for right now, it has been perfect, and um, I think my hesitation to get into it being my full-time job is that the market is incredibly saturated. There are plenty of you know, nutritional, health, fitness, wellness gals on Instagram and who have blogs who come up with recipes that are probably way more innovative than mine, um, and that's okay, but I love what I do and I love helping the community that I'm a part of right now and so if it grows it grows and if it doesn't that's okay because I'm doing it not for the growth but because I really enjoy it awesome so before I get to the last question we've mentioned some recipes you mentioned Instagram where where do people where can people find well nourished by Laura well you can go to wellnourishedbylaura.com and that's where you'll find uh, my recipes. You'll also find my blog posts of nutritional things. I'm hoping to post a little more frequently these days. And then if you really want like, to see what I'm eating and to get some fast recipes, uh, especially like for example, yesterday I pulled together some lamb meatballs that were phenomenal and they had like four ingredients in them. Super easy. Even Lucas Askew could do wow. it. Wow. I believe in him. But um, but like, if you want to find stuff like that um, and you want to look at pretty pictures of food, then it's just at Well Nourished by Laura. And you can find me there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So last question. I like to do this with, with all my guests. Turn the microphone over to you. Because I, I know I like to hog it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've hogged it this time. <laughs> no, it, it, you, you were the guest. You were the shine star. You're the one with all the, the, the talent in the kitchen. Oh, I, I just hardly. I just ate the meal. <laughs> what what piece of advice do you have for the listeners out there, whether it be food advice, life advice, go with it however you would like it. So hmm. take it and run with it. <laughs> I think my food slash life advice, that you can actually change your like your DNA does not and your genetics do not define who you are and in fact DNA and genetics make up about 40% which is significant 40% of your um, your uh, the way your body operates and, and dictates that but what I think has been the coolest research that I've I've learned and heard is that we actually have the power through food and exercise and sleep to change our genetic makeup and actually rewrite certain DNA um, that have maybe been written in a way that might not be for your best health. So for a lot of people who suffer from um, Alzheimer's and arthritis, who suffer from um, different, like having a lot of seizures, for example, or, or just different things like, there is plenty of research that indicates that you can actually change your genetic makeup by choosing better foods, um, by staying away from things that maybe are more genetically modified, by choosing ingredients that you recognize, yeah, by eating more of your greens and getting more diversity of colors in your diet, making sure, yeah, that you're eating, you know, um, darkest deepest of leafy greens all the way up to bright yellows and oranges 
um, at, you know, reds and purples, all of the, like there's so many colors and um, trying to get more of that into your diet, it, it's not as hard as I think people think it is. So it's possible and eating for your uh, wellness over your whole life is is really like you're making daily choices um, to do that. So I guess my, my biggest advice is just remembering like you're not, you, you do not have to succumb to um, a certain weight to a certain uh, chronic pain just because you're getting old. I think that's like something I hear a lot from from people is just, oh, I'm getting old, so that's why I have this belly. It's like, well, not necessarily. Like, or I'm getting old, that's why my joints hurt so much. But actually, joint pain and inflammation of your joints or that belly or all those things, that can actually change based on the food that you're eating. Uh, for example, wheat or gluten have been indicators, uh, or, or it's the research has indicated that they have really high levels of inflammation in the human body, specifically the wheat made in America. So actually some people who have celiac disease and can't consume wheat or gluten in America can consume it in places like Italy and France um, because the way they produce their wheat is different. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is it's like, well, Maybe that inflammation you're feeling, maybe that acne that you can't get rid of, dairy is a huge uh, factor in skin and uh, can dramatically affect uh, your acne. And, um, you know, it, it's just, there's so many different things. Like, it's possible to heal yourself literally from the inside and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that way. And, um, yeah, and if there's something that you're struggling with and you're like, oh, I... I just thought this was normal that I have trouble with bowel movements or that I have this acne or that I have this joint pain. Um, it, it's, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not, it doesn't have to be um, just a genetic thing. Like you can actually rewrite that history and, um, and make yourself well and well nourished in fact. <laughs> wow, what, what a way to close. What a way to close. Well, thank you again for, for coming on the show. Thank you for, for dinner, sharing with the listeners your various techniques, some recipes. Go to wellnourishedbylaura.com as well as follow her on Instagram. Uh, I will share share that out as well. Um, so thank you again for coming on. Much yeah, appreciated. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Thank you to Laura Thorson for coming on the show and giving us a lesson in healthy eating and some tips to add a little more flavor to your everyday meal routine. And thank you to our sponsor, Watkins Branded Cinnamon Spice, for their continuing support of the LAE. We'll be back with another episode soon. So until next time, take care, talk soon, and God bless.